Welcome to the Ecodharma audio series, Buddhist Reflections on Social Action, recorded in the summer 2014. For more about the work of the Ecodharma Center, check out www.ecodharma.com. Here's Guhyapati. If we're listening, paying attention to the state of the world, every day we'll hear the bad news. Tales of dispossession amidst growing economic insecurity, social tensions and geopolitical conflicts, and all the statistical indicators showing that yes, we are living in a time of a sixth great extinction and loss of biodiversity. It can be hard to stay afloat in the swelling tsunami of that bad news. The flotsam of good news can feel tiny, like the little vulnerably improvised rafts carrying people in desperate migratory journeys across the Mediterranean to the promised salvation of fortress Europe. Where's the good news we need to keep us afloat? Though it can be difficult to see this, in a certain sense, the bad news is the good news. The mere fact that information about the perils of our times is being made available is a crucial factor in the healing of our times. And the listening, the hearing of those signals, is the necessary starting place for every change. That the dangers are being sensed and felt, that we are beginning to identify the problems, that the bad news can be heard, that is the good news. For many years I've been deeply impressed by the writings of Donella Meadows. In the 1970s she was one of the co-authors of the groundbreaking study, The Limits to Growth. Its publication prompted widespread discussion about our ways of living and the non-negotiable ecological limits we live within. It was instrumental in helping us begin to wake up. As a systems thinker, Meadows helped to explain how healthy systems, biological, ecological or socio-economic, all exhibit characteristics of good feedback and responsiveness. It's through sensing what's going on both internally and in the surrounding environment, channeling the information effectively and responding to the feedback that a person, a society or an ecological network survive, adapt and flourish. In the 30-year update to the original Limits to Growth book, Meadows and her co-authors offered a simple analogy for the industrial growth society heading on its way towards resource depletion and environmental degradation. She likened it to a car driving along a road at speed. Not far ahead on the road is an obstacle, perhaps a heavy stone wall. The road is wet, and anyway, the brakes are not working very well. Slowing down is difficult. In addition to that, the windscreen wipers just don't work, so it's hard to see what's coming through the wet and steamed up glass. Feedback into the system is poorly sensed. Information of the approaching hazard isn't getting through, not arriving where it's needed to influence action. And because of the bad brakes and wet road, the capacity for responsiveness within the system is severely compromised. That's the industrial growth society, systemic failure to notice approaching hazards amidst power interests which compound political intransigence 
and short-sightedness. These are characteristics of a sick system, a system that needs healing. Social and environmental activists play a crucial role in the healing process, improving the systemic capacity to receive the feedback and get it to the places where responsive action can begin. We play a role in the social body, like that of the immune system and the healthy functioning of the physical body, identifying perils, flagging them up, and gathering the antibodies and resources to deal with the threat to the system. The immune system also plays a role in repairing the body and rebuilding healthy tissue, just as activists create alternative ways of living, new economics, ways of growing, ways of creating community. This immunological function within the social body is a role that asks a lot of us, but we can train in ways that enhance our ability to meet those demands. We can boost the social immune system by attending to three specific dimensions of our own experience. The quality of our awareness, our emotional capacity, and our ability to become increasingly conscious of the views and beliefs which frame our interpretation of experience. Returning to Donna Mello's analogy of the car in the rain with poor visibility, we could say that attending to our quality of awareness helps get the windscreen wipers going again and clean the glass. Attending to our emotional capacity is what enables us to look out of that windscreen and not turn away in terrified anxiety, and bringing increased awareness to the way that our views about the world conditions our experience is what will help us understand where and how change can happen. These three dimensions of our experience are the foundational concerns of basic Buddhist training. The greatest hindrances to a clear quality of awareness contributing to the poor visibility are the mental habits of distraction and fragmentation. The basic antidote is training in mindfulness, which brings brightness and lucidity to the mind. The greatest hindrances to an increased emotional capacity, to our ability to keep looking, are the heart-constricting tendencies of aversion and fearfulness, which can be transformed through simple daily practices cultivating skillful emotion, kindness or metta. The greatest hindrance to increased awareness of the conditioning influence of our views is the grasping attachment that comes from our existential insecurity. The best antidote for this is deep reflection, grounded in both mindfulness and unconditional kindness for ourself, on the impermanence and insubstantiality of things. Building this kind of training into our daily lives can greatly enhance our capacity to sense and respond to what's going on around us. And in healing the systemic dysfunctionality of our society, such training is essential in enabling us to recognise that the bad news is the good news, to stay open to it, get the information flowing effectively and enable what responses there can be. Thank you.